Pearl Church exists to express a sacred story and to extend a common table that animate life by love. A primary expression of our sacred story is the weekly sermon. If our sermons inspire you to ponder the sacred, to consider the mystery and love of God, and to live bountifully, would you consider supporting our work? You can donate easily and securely at our website, pearlchurch.org, or follow the link in the podcast notes. Thank you for partnering with us in expressing this sacred story. Hi, (laughs) my name is Sherry Gilbert, and I have been at Pearl for just about nine years. I am a member of the oversight team, and every year the members of the oversight team are asked to give a reflection talk um, about the tell about themselves and their vision for Pearl, their hopes. So last week, Carrie told you a bit about her life during the pandemic and her hope for integration here at Pearl. Today, you get me. (laughs) This is not a sermon, even though Dan keeps calling it one. (laughs) I'm going to tell you about myself so you can get to know me and my vision for Pearl Church. So this is how it all began. There we are, (laughs) a lot of years ago. Um, I am married to Dan for almost 40 years. Actually, for over 40 years now. We did have our anniversary a couple weeks ago. We were babies, as you can see. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You all know him as a church treasurer, the whiskey aficionado that he is, and an all-around good human. He's sitting back there in his red shirt. (laughs) We have two daughters. This is our youngest daughter, Morgan, and our son-in-law, Jay. This is our oldest daughter, Jessie, and her partner, our partner-in-law, Mikey. And that bump there, that is our soon-to-be grandson, Avery, due in about two weeks. (laughs) Yes, he's been eagerly awaited. (laughs) And that's us today. A little bit different than the first picture. Anyway... So, um, the Oxford Dictionary defines community as a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. Webster says it's a group of people with common characteristic or interest in living together within a larger society. Kamunetata is the Romanian word for community. I am Romanian. I'm of Romanian descent. Half of me is Romanian gypsy on my mother's side. This has always been my identity. I learned a lot about community as I grew up in a Romanian community, family, friends, and yes, church. The Romanian Baptist church to be exact. Wow. Amplata ca venit la castra nostra. That means I welcome you to my home. Pofta buna, sort of like bon appetit. These are things I heard all the time growing up, especially at the church during their potlucks. My dad loves to tell the story about how he hates the herb basil. Who hates basil, right? Well, the old men at the Romanian church smelled so bad 
that the ladies would take basil in their handkerchiefs and stick it in their cleavage. And then they would hug you. And my dad said he had his face pressed into so many ample bosoms that smelled like basil, he couldn't stand it. <laughs> I understand how he felt because I've had that happen to me as well. <laughs> Both my parents were born to Romanian immigrants. My mom was American, my dad Canadian. My parents spoke Romanian much of the time at home. This can be kind of embarrassing when you're the youngest of five, very small, and a conservative Christian, and no one else's parents in your town speaks the language. I grew up feeling out of place, not in my family, but pretty much in my life. I was very loud. Couldn't guess that. Um, most Romanians are. <laughs> I knew my own mind, and I'd much rather play with boys than hang around gossiping with the girls. As a young adult, I had a job that I was considered a man's job. I learned to make cabinets. I became a journeyman carpenter and moved on to be a licensed general contractor. I had my own construction company, and I worked around men. I was much more comfortable in jeans and t-shirts than in dresses. <laughs> And at the time, I was considered an oddity. It was a very different time back then than it is now. I didn't have a whole lot of community. I guess I should mention I don't like rules, and I will break them often if I can. I was in trouble a lot with church leadership as a young adult. I served wine at Eucharist for the first time at our church, and the only time that it has been served in over 60 years, the church is still going on, and that was the only time. And boy, did we get in trouble for that. <clears throat> uh, I got in trouble for my daughters being allowed to wear strapless dresses or two-piece bathing suits. Um, I didn't go to prayer time before the women's Bible studies, even though I was a leader, because I was home with my kids. And um, I told the college girls about birth control, which was a big no-no. <laughs> I was also very irreverent. Gee, I bet you couldn't imagine that. Um, most people didn't know what to do with me, so they didn't spend a whole lot of time with me. I remember telling Dan once that I did not need anyone. Point blank, didn't need anyone. Then in 2007, our 16-year-old daughter had a horrible accident. That's the youngest one that you saw there in the teal dress and the dark hair. She had a jet ski accident. She turned in front of Dan's jet ski, and she shattered her face from her eye sockets down. She was rushed, air-flighted, as a number one trauma to the hospital. She had, I believe it's 13 surgeries to repair everything. And today she is a beautiful, intelligent, whole and healthy young woman by the grace of God. She um, did not die and she did not become a vegetable quadriplegic, which is what we were told. So, sorry. We got to the hospital. I had called one person along the way when I was in flying to the hospital. When we got there, three or four couples were standing there waiting for us. And I thought, why are they here? 
and they were just there to support us. They weren't there to talk to us, to give us platitudes, to say, rejoice, she's alive. They just were there to support Dan and myself. Wow, that was huge. One friend showed up every single morning with a cup of coffee and just sat with me. She didn't try to talk to me unless I wanted to. She didn't try to pray with me. She just brought me some caffeine and sat there. People from Dan's work sphere brought us over food and gifts for Morgan, which I didn't even know a lot of these people. Morgan's friends from the school came and, and teachers came to visit. They brought her more Chamba Juice gift cards than any one person can drink in a lifetime. In fact, she's 32 now and I think she still has some. Community. I began softening. In 2013, we found out our oldest daughter was using drugs. That's the one with the baby. <laughs> Within days, we needed to find detox, a rehab, pack her up, her house. Again, the community stepped up. Friends, friends of friends, friends of my brother-in-law who lived in California. They all helped to get her into a program, send her off to rehab in California. They came and helped us pack up her house. One of them sitting back there today and move her. Encouragement followed, many prayers, and so much kindness. You really know who your community is when you're in a crisis. We discovered that Jessie had been using since she was 15. She's now 38, almost, four, almost 39. <clears throat> it took five rehabs several stints in jail, one of them for over a year, many friends, and ultimately a community who supported Jessie to help her get clean and stay clean, and she's been clean for four and a half years now. Yeah. Did you catch that about Jessie's community? That made all the difference. Woven throughout Jesse's story is ours. All the people who showed up for us. We needed encouragement and support, not judgment. We needed some prayers. There are those who cried with us and sat with us and were there for us as we searched hospitals morgues and even another country when Jesse was missing in a horrific spiral in the depths of the drug world. We thought she was dead. And people encouraged us when I thought there was no hope. I put that song up today, The Gravity of Love, because I love the one sentence in there that says hope is chasing us. When I felt hopeless, our community was there. The hope was chasing us. I've met people from other cities, from other countries, who have told me that someone in their community told them about us, and Jesse, and Morgan, and their stories. They wanted to tell me that they had been praying for us 
and thinking about us. And they wanted to know how the story ended. And then they rejoiced with us. And some of those people are in my community today. Our life hasn't been easy. <laughs> it's not over yet. We had a season with so much death that I felt like I wouldn't be able to crawl out of the grief hole that we were in. I lost an important person in my life, my friend Dana. He happened to be a surgeon who saved my life and then became my friend. He died very young from cancer. About six weeks after that, my father died suddenly. I know he was old, but still. Six months after that, my mom, she passed away. Then my daughter Morgan, the younger one, her boyfriend died in a sudden horrible way and he was 27 years old. It was horrible. She found him dead. The support of our community then was huge. Two weeks after that, Dan's mom died, suddenly in a house fire. <sighs> yeah. And after that, my best friend Floyd's wife, Kim, died. Less than a year later, I sat with Floyd. I'm sorry, as he passed from cancer. What got us through was community, the support, the love, and encouragement from our community. Some of you are here today. Some are in other countries. Some are in other states. Some are in other churches. Some are in our neighborhood. We have since been able to share our stories and by doing so, expand and add to our community. Having people understand that they aren't alone in their world People we've met have had children and family who have drug issues. They never told anyone because they were afraid of judgment. Friends have been ill or had deaths to deal with. You know how that one feels. The person you see in front of you looks like they have it all together. Most likely they don't. That person probably needs a friend, a community where they feel like they belong, or just be. It might be someone at church, or a neighbor, or a person you meet, or someone hiking with you, or someone you meet in a bar. This isn't about evangelizing and bringing people to church. I want to encourage you to create community where you are. Sometimes all it takes is a person telling you they understand or just sitting with you with a cup of coffee. Sometimes it takes an invitation to dinner, lunch, or a walk. Perhaps sharing your story with someone will help them realize that they're not alone. My community today looks very different than it did 16 years ago. There are people in my life from all different faiths, sexual orientations, races, some rich, some poor, some young, some old. Some of them have had easy lives and others, well, they've had lives 
rife with crisis from the day they were born. But they all have one thing in common, me. They're my community. John Greenleaf Whittier, but he's real familiar to you. <laughs> he said this, the joy you give to others is the joy that comes back to you. Boy, do I believe that. I have had so much joy brought to me from other people that this is crazy and it's wonderful. I love movies like Rent, A Man Called Otto, a series called, called The Midwife. <laughs> Sounds like some of you know those. If you haven't seen these, I would highly, highly recommend them to you. One thing in common those things all have is I'd say to Dan, I love this, look at their communities. They're so awesome, they're just with each other, and they're laughing and they're joyful and they're helping each other during their hard times and their good times. They're wonderful examples of how having a community can enrich your life and other people's lives. How important it is to have people to depend on through death life, and all the things in between. My hope for Pearl Church, my desire for Pearl Church, is that everyone here, every single one of you, and all the people who aren't here today, walks through the door and feels a sense of community and belonging. That everyone here will seek out community and expand it into their lives outside of Pearl. In today's scripture reading, the psalm talked about the beauty of getting along. And in John, it talks about there is no greater love than laying down one's life for a friend. That when we love, we're called friends by Jesus. That's pretty cool, I thought. Robert F. Kennedy, he said this about community. It is not more bigness that should be our goal. We must attempt rather to bring people back to the warmth of community, to the worth of individual effort and responsibility, and of individuals working together as a community to better their lives and their children's future. So I will leave you with this. I grabbed it from Call the Midwife, but I think it says it best. We cannot predict what the fates will bring. We can only find strength and hope and survival in each other. There will be new dreams one day. There will be reasons to go on. Let in the truth. Embrace the real. Open your arms to the things you did not look for, for you will find what you did not seek. Be given what you did not know you lacked, and be lavished with a joy that takes your breath away. Here are life's riches next to you. Here, in the faces of your friends, in the laughter of their children, in the tenderness of those you love and work and live with. This is community, our end and our beginning. This is the best of everything we are. Let's pray. Divine love, thank you for this community.
I ask that we would all find a community of belonging here and in our, our individual world. Thank you. We hope that this sermon inspired you to ponder the sacred, to consider the mystery and love of God, and to live bountifully. If you don't already support our work, will you begin today? You can donate easily and securely at our website, pearlchurch.org, or follow the link in the podcast notes. Thank you for partnering with us in expressing this sacred story.